the moral of the story is never go into someone's apartment or someone's property to collect rent. This is not what you're supposed to do. And if you do, make sure there are more people with you than they have on their side because you have to have more witnesses than they do. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey guys, welcome back to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. I am Marco Kozlowski, your host, with Gabriel Araish and Francesco Galluccio. will be joining us today on uh, something that I dropped on the last podcast, which is... What happened when I did a sandwich lease option and actually got arrested? They're not necessarily correlated, but it's a really good horror story based on me not knowing what the hell to do and wishing I had uh, someone to guide me, help me, and actually mentor me through some uh, pretty sticky situations. Now, of course, we do this podcast for you to give you as much value as possible, not to scare the shit out of you. This has nothing to do, the situation has nothing really to do with the sandwich lease option, of course is mostly based on my inability to handle uh, what happened as things started unraveling, which you'll see in this story. Now, this is a true story. This I have not shared this with anyone for a very long time, but you know what? Fuck it. I might as well just tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Including us. Why not? <laughs> Including us. We, we yeah. don't know. And I'm shocked that I've never told you this story because it's- This would have changed everything on a relationship. Oh, yeah, I'm right. sure. <laughs> well, you know some worse stories of things that I've been through, uh, I do, and uh, I do. this is this is definitely a scary one for sure, specifically because I was so green. Now, before we get into it, of course, if you have not listened to the, the first 10 podcasts, please do. That really uh, shapes the understanding of what asset-based lending is, what our philosophy is. We want to help as many humans as possible, and you don't need money to get involved in real estate. You just need uh, skills and tools and something that we're very passionate about, all three of us, is really how to give back and really help those that want to be helped with that help, that information, and that kick in the ass if necessary, or that guiding light when you need it as mentors. And I'm very delighted to uh, have crossed path with both Frank and Gabe, both students of mine that have shown their weight in gold, really, and not only their work ethic and their contributions to their own lives and their families and their priorities being, as far as I'm concerned, in the right place, but have been awesome to do business with. Very hard to find good people that have all your values pretty much aligned, as we all do. And we've done some really amazing things together, and I'm very blessed to have both of these humans in my life. And it's important for you to find great people in your life that are going to hold you to a higher level and really push you and hold you accountable as well. So it's really good to have that family that you choose, because sometimes your family is not going to necessarily lift you up. Some are like crabs in a bucket pulling you down, and sadly, um, you know, family you don't necessarily choose, but the friends are the family that you do choose. So just remember that. So again, like it, love it, share it. Please subscribe to our podcast on wherever you're listening to this, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are being broadcast. So looking forward to a long relationship with you as well as the listener. Okay, so on the last podcast that we uh, that we did, we discussed options, and uh, Frank was doing uh, lease options to sell. Gabe had uh, given a, a great example of Disney and how he scooped up a ton of land on the DL and was able to really get hundreds and hundreds of acres in the south of Orlando, which was useless land. And I dropped a uh, story on how I really pretty much screwed the pooch and made some terrible mistakes doing a lease option, a sandwich lease option specifically. Just a quick overview of what that is, is I was looking for folks that wanted to rent their property 
asked them if they wanted to sell, then did a lease with an option to buy from a potential seller on a property, and then at a discount, of course, and then I would sell that property for future value on a lease option, sandwiching myself in between. And I did that for a few years, very, very successfully, getting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar deposits. And this is back in two thousand, and made a living out of that as a Canadian with uh, no social security number, no green card, no papers, nothing. I was just making money in the U.S. as a Canadian. First of all, boys, are you ready for this? Are you ready, you know, listener and Gabe Frank? Are you ready for oh, this? Ready. I got my coffee. I'm just missing. I'm just missing the popcorn. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was living in the area was called Sandestin. I guess it's near Hunters Creek area, if you're familiar with Orlando. It's in the Hunters Creek sort of area, which is in South Orlando. Man, it's been so long, I don't remember where it is, but it's, I think it's in that area. <laughs> I just say Orlando. It was on Sandestin. I do remember the name of the street because um, actually, as soon as a property went up for rent in the area, I would actually just go talk to the seller and discuss it face to face. So it was very easy to stay in the same community. So I ended up getting, in the same community that I was in, three properties doing sandwich lease options. And this particular seller wanted to move, got a great opportunity on the property. I think the rent I was paying him at the time was like 800 bucks and I would negotiate three months of free rent because I, I was positioning myself as someone that relocated executives. And I was in my early 20s at this time. Um, this is 2001, I think, or this is maybe 2000, 2001. This is really early in my career. And so how old was I? I was 72, 20, 28? No? About, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, about 20 years, buddy. Yeah. I can't do the math. <laughs> yeah. I was a young whippersnapper. And so got this property and almost immediately found a retired cop to uh, get into a uh, property. And he gave $15,000 deposit. Now I had negotiated a three month grace period with a seller. And I think within a week of me getting the paperwork together with the original seller, the guy was paying 1200 bucks. So there's a $400 spread there, right? Between 800 and 1200 and $15,000 down. So it was a pretty good day. So I'm really happy. I go through the process of, you know, the application and everything that I was, you know, to do. Got all his info and all his wife's information. And they were, you know, retired couple. Very, very nice. Remember going to a Denny's to get this thing all put together. And the guy gave me a certified check for 15 grand and asked if he could improve the property. If he could put new tile and new, just wanted to improve the property because this was the home that they were going to be in. They had just moved from Chicago, retired cop. And said, you know what? I just want to make this my home. And, you know, I really want to make this mine and do you mind i said well let me just ask my partner because i don't own this place right i have to ask the owner so ask the owner do you mind if we make improvements to the property he says i don't care you know so i got that in writing so so far so good right i'm following protocol um, the steps i thought would make sense and yeah just right i don't want to have anyone do anything to the property without permission because it's not my property so far so good so the first of the next month goes by and no rent comes in from this gentleman this retired policeman. Now, I am Canadian, as you both are, but I never had this happen before. And I didn't know how to handle someone not paying rent. And I was not the human that I am today where excuses were fine for me, right? Oh, we haven't gotten a retirement check in. You know, we're going to be a little bit late. We're good for it. You know, we gave you $15,000. I'm sure you'll let us go this one time. We'll take care of it. We just can't do it right now. And this went on for three months oh my God. Okay. of no payment, all right? Now, luckily, right, I have no payments to make to the owner, but this is coming. Now, I already got a $15,000 check, but that is for the option, not for the rents. 
So I felt bad for him because he couldn't pay. That's kind of where I was mindset mentally, you know, at that point, right? I feel bad, can't pay. Oh my gosh. But the problem is now a precedence is set and I don't know what to do because he's now so far behind. I'm now panicking because that $15,000 that I got actually paid bills that I had to pay, right? I was living paycheck to paycheck at that time. And $15,000 went by pretty quick. If you're pretty broke and you owe a lot of people a lot of money, that $15,000 goes like that. I don't know if you can relate to that if you're listening, but you suddenly get some cash. It goes away very, very fast, especially with four kids to feed. So I'm now like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, don't know what to do. I'm still with my first wife. And she's like, you got to, you know, evict him. You know, he's, he's taking advantage of you. You know, you're being a big pussy. Uh, you know, why are you being treated this way? You know, and she was right. So I got up the balls to actually call him and say, listen, man, you haven't paid for three months. I need the money by Friday or I'm going to have to start evicting you. And that's just what I have to do. And silence on the other end of the phone. He says, understood. And then he hangs up the phone. And this was on a Tuesday. So Friday, I call and I say, do you have the money? He says, yeah, I have something for you. Why don't you come over? Oh, boy. I hope you brought reinforcements on that. Well, <laughs> you already see where this oh, is going. Oh, yeah. Or I did not see where this is going. We would have Guido Giuseppe there, mm-hmm. too. So right, he says, I'm going to be ready for you around 2 o'clock. Can you come around 2? This is in exactly the same neighborhood as I live, like around the corner. Like I would say 100 meters, mm-hmm. 300 feet. So it's not very far. A football field away, basically. Got it? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Got no, it. but it's fine. So it's 100 yards. Uh, it's 100 yards. It's, it's, it's 100, 100 yards. yards. So it's half than, a football yeah. field. Yeah. So 50 yards. Whatever. It's not far. Yeah, it's, walkable, it's walkable. All right. Or runnable if, if you're in shape. So I hop into my car. I didn't even want to walk. I, walk, walk my, I guess round is a shape. You're talking about yeah. <laughs> round is a shape. Yeah. Now the reason the all reason right. I wanted to get into my car is because I had all my files and everything was in my car. I was a mobile person at that point. I was actually driving a candy apple red Corvette that I got in, in a deal prior, so I was really proud of my car. It was a status for me. So I was all you know impressed that I got a free car with a deal and all excited about it. Anyway, so I like to show off at the time, which is the opposite of of what I do now. But anywho. So go to the property and knock on the door and I have my files with me, my receipt book and everything else. And he invites me in. So, oh, you know, you're a little bit early, but that's fine. You know, come on in. And it's me and him and his wife. Right. Mm -hmm. So I come in. As soon as I come in, he steps behind me. He shuts the door and then he starts jumping on me. Right. And he starts beating me as hard as he can in the back, in the back of the head and the face. Wow. Okay. He's attacking me. I'm attacked. And his wife is like, get him, get him, get him, you know, get him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm at this point pretty terrified. Right. I'm completely caught by surprise. Now I know how to handle myself. For those of you that don't know, I was uh, selected to be on the Canadian judo Olympic team. So I was a lot bigger then than I am now in the shoulders, in the legs. And I just flipped him over my shoulder. He landed on the kitchen island because we were going back and forth and I'm trying to evade and he's landing some pretty good punches. And I flip him onto the island, which collapses because I flip him pretty hard on on the island. As soon as he's let go, I start running out of the house Mm -hmm. and I hear two gunshots, pop, pop, pow, pow, like very loud, right? I've never heard a gun go off in a house. It's extremely loud, all right? I am now convinced I've been hurt. I'm dead. It's over. I go out, I hop into my car. I don't even know how I found my car keys, 
but I spin out of there and I am Gonzo shaking and I am I am terrified. Okay, I can imagine. I'm even getting like dry mouth just by thinking about it. It was really really scary. So glad you didn't watch shit. Now my I don't know if I said, but my wife before I left said, "Don't go, don't go. It's a trap. You know, you can't go. Don't go. Just put a notice on there. Don't go in." And to give credit to Karen. My first wife, who we still have a very good relationship with, she's cool. Anyway, she told me not to go. I did. And I went into the house, which I shouldn't have, and I was attacked. And I left quickly. Go into the house. Karen looks at me. I'm white as she said, what happened? I start explaining to it. I have tears running down my eyes. I'm shaking because of the adrenaline. And, you know, I'm bruised. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I've just almost been killed. And... She asked, like, did you hear gunshots? I'm like, yeah, that was in the house. So she heard it from, from house. her house. The whole yeah. neighborhood heard it. So she gives me the phone and says, call 911. And I'm like, what's the number? <laughs> right? Because I'm that fucked up that I don't know what 911 yeah, is. Right? I'm in complete. Like, I've never been through a life and death situation like this. Might be listening to this and calling me a big pussy. I'll take it. I was. I just didn't know how to react. So I call, finally call 911. I call. I explain what's going on. And as I'm on the phone, I see a cruiser, a police cruiser, you know, drive by very slowly. And I'm like, oh, they're already here. Thank God. So I run out of the house. I flag them down. I'm like, I'm on the call with 911. You know, I've just been attacked by one of my tenants. And he stops me, says, are you Marco? And I'm like, "Uh, uh, yes. He says, do you live at this house? I said, no, I live at this one over here. So he says, okay. So then he takes the hand that is in my phone. He puts me into an arm bar, puts me in handcuffs and says, you're under arrest for attacking your tenant. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was attacked by the tenant. He says, save it for the judge, is what he says. So now I'm in handcuffs on the floor, like not understanding what the fuck is going on. Then the couple comes in with big smiles on their face, Mm -hmm. right? And says, this guy's a fraud. We did a title search on the property. He doesn't own the property. He sold us a property that he doesn't own. We gave that motherfucker $15,000. Doesn't even own it. I want him in prison and he's attacked us. He came in demanding our rent. We said no. And both of them had the same story. Yeah, of course. So it was two against Premeditated, yeah. one, right? Now, this guy was actually on his way. I found out about this later to actually be in the house to arrest me when I was there. So I had left prior that few minutes that I was early was the few minutes that he needed to get there. So he already knew who these people were because the way they were talking, I'm like, I don't, they were joking around with each other as if they knew each other. So now again, Canadian, not understanding how things work. I go into the police cruiser. They arrest me for assault and battery, which is a felony and a damage over $1,500 to personal property. Another felony, two felonies. Now, if I was convicted I found out later that I would be most likely banned from being in the United States forever. And if I was convicted, I could be going to prison for whatever the sentence allowed. So in the police cruiser, the cop starts asking me questions, right? And I'm like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Canada. Oh, do you go back to Canada? Yeah, I go back and forth. Are you in real estate? Yeah, I do real estate. You know, I buy and I do lease options. I'm explaining what I'm doing. So, and I'm basically just explaining not realizing that everything that I'm saying is going to be used against Mm me, right? So I get processed in, I guess, in jail. They put you in jail first, and then you get a hearing, which is supposed to be within 24 hours. But because I go back and forth from Canada, 
I don't have a real estate license because he asked me, do I have a real estate license? No, you don't need one. Here's why. You know, I have a financial interest in the property. That's not what he wanted to hear. So he just wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. And again, this is, you know, nothing against cops at all. It's just, I know this was premeditated in a way where I was supposed to be somewhere else and they're just nailing the coffin, uh, you know, closed. And basically said to the judge, this guy's a flight risk. As soon as you let him go, he's going back to Canada. That's what he said. And guy doesn't have a real estate license. He's committing fraud. He's taking good cops' money, retirement cash. And he, you know, he, he clearly is a menace to society and he's a flight risk. I didn't actually get to see the judge to see what my bail would be for three days. And it's usually 24 hours. So it was, that was a problem. And because I was a flight risk, it was a $100,000 bail. Wow. Now, $100,000 bail when you have very little money is it might as well be $10 million. Yeah. I didn't have it. I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have connections. I didn't know what I was doing. I remember going to sleep saying, I'm just going to go to sleep and I'm going to just wait for the, you know, and I was crying this whole time. Like, like I said, I wouldn't do well in jail at all. And I went to sleep. I remember having all these dreams and then waking up going, okay, that must've been a few hours. It was 10 minutes. All right. And I'm like, I'm going to die here because the longest dream I've ever had was 10 minutes. (laughs) Finally got seen $100,000 bail and didn't know what what I was going to do. So from another lease option that I did, I remember one of the sellers actually had a sister that was a lawyer. So I actually spoke to basically someone that I had done business with that didn't think that I was a scumbag. And she helped me through this, thankfully. And I had to pledge a property that had at least $1,000. And thankfully, I had just closed on one two weeks before. I had bought a property on Grayson Avenue. I'll I'll never forget this. So I had to pledge this Grayson Avenue property and uh, pledge it to, and it's how that works is you either give them $10,000 or you pledge a property. And, you know, if you make bail, they they release the property. But if you make bail with either cash or with, with the property. So ended up getting out of that. And it didn't look good. I went to a lawyer, says, your case is weak. You have no witnesses. It's two people against you. You're going to get convicted. And I went to many attorneys and they all said the same thing. And I'm like, well, what is that going to mean to my ability to actually get a green card eventually? Because that's what I want to do. I want to live here and work here and, you know, prosper here. And they're like, never going to happen. You're basically going home. You're going to get convicted. You know, you're going to get convicted. And whatever the judge says, it's your first offense. You know, I can pledge for leniency, but, you know, you got to pay me $10,000 up front, which I didn't have. And, you know, you're going to get convicted. So not good news. My wife, Karen, she's like, I don't want to lose my mother, father, my kids. You know, this is terrible. So she goes on the Internet. This is in 2000, 2001. Like this is early 2000s when there's no Google. Right. So she's going to every county website from Chicago to New York all the way down. She puts in this guy's name and she finds three cases where he had done the same thing to three different people. Three. Where he paid on a lease option. These guys were convicted, all three of these Mm. priors, Mm -hmm. right? They were all three convicted prior, but there was definitely a pattern of him doing this over and over and over again to people. So we presented that to the lawyer, said, okay, now we have a case. They give it to their lawyer. And when it came to a trial, they never showed up. So it was dismissed. So I actually got out of that because they were ready to pursue until they realized that they were being pursued. They had a track record of doing this before. Exactly. Nothing we could do about that, but I could definitely, you know, get myself out of this pickle. So if it wasn't for my wife at the time, I I don't know what would have happened. So the moral of the story is a never go into someone's apartment or someone's property 
to collect rent. This is not what you're supposed to do. And if you do, make sure there are more people with you than they have on their side because you have to have more witnesses than they do. Also, the first person that calls 911 is the winner. I did not know that. And again, this is a real story that happened that really f shaped my understanding of zero tolerance on collecting rent. The three-day notice, three, five-day, whatever the laws are in that area, that's why I have property management in place that understand these rules that don't go into people's property without the necessary, you know, collateral that Frank would have, you know, the whole <laughs> family's behind you and making sure that you're doing things properly and not have, there's a lot of mistakes that I made. And luckily I got out of there without losing my life. I could have easily been shot. It could have been done in self-defense, right? They could have shot me and then saying, hey, the guy attacked me and it was self-defense. I would have been laying there dead and it would have been over. Could have very well happened. So I thank my lucky stars that it didn't go out that way. And I really have not ever told this story on air because I don't want to scare the shit out of people for thinking that real estate can be dangerous other than it can be if you are not really careful to violate some important rules. Don't go into people's property. And if you do, make sure there's a very good reason and you have witnesses that will support the reality of what happened because what was reported that happened didn't actually happen. So it was a series of errors on my part, not the sandwich lease options. In fact, there's now, if you do have a lease option that sandwich, there's a way to actually record your position, a notice of interest. So you actually are on record that you have a contract. So that would have been a lot better had I done that, which I did not. A little bit more of a ninja tool that you can implement. But there's a lot of things I could have done better. A, listen to my spouse who had the instinct to say, don't do it. And I was too ego-driven, I guess, to think that, that anything could go wrong with me. I was too convinced that, you know, I was indestructible. So, Wow. There's the story. So I'm well, just for curious, but the gunshots, were they him shooting at you? Is that what? I don't know. I was. Could have been his wife, maybe. Her cheerleader. His cheerleader, yeah. After well, after he slammed it, it wasn't in any report. I'm, assume, I'm assuming the kitchen was not a granite countertop. If you, if it down. well, the guy was not, over 200 it's, pounds. It's easy, not that anymore. If, if, if and again, it's a felony over 1500 bucks, right, yeah. in Florida. So because it was his property, technically it's his house. Even if he's a renter, it's still his property, and that would be two felonies. That would be a felon, twice. Well, uh, wherever they it's are, terrible. we're glad you didn't show up. <laughs> So I don't know if you have questions on this, uh, either of you, I'm, but, you know. I'm in shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, too. I well, yeah. thanks for sharing. I don't know if the intent was, uh, well, you went through an, uh, a life-altering experience, which I can't say that I was in that position ever, and, and I don't want to be in that position, and it could have went very bad for you. Like you said, you may have still been there, curled up like a kid, and, you know, thumb in your mouth, crying in jail. Yep. Uh, if it's only been 20 years, I don't know what, you know, the charge will that would like be, but it goes to show... Ignorance is, is expensive. It's very, very in expensive. In this case, it could have been very expensive. Uh, could have cost him his life. You almost cost your yeah. life. Yep. Yeah, which is pretty shitty on that. But yeah, don't ever enter anyone's door. And if you do, rule of thumb is between you and the exit are the only thing there. Like no one should get behind the exit of any situation because you will be, you know, uh, maybe in a pickle unless you know judo like Marco. I was very blessed to have, have come out of that alive for sure. A lot of blessings there. Could have so, been worse. In a lot of ways. Did he get evicted in the end? Did he pay the rent? Yes. He finally got evicted. He never paid rent. <laughs> okay. he got, I got the 15 well, and then that. we had to go through eviction after that. 
All right. Wow. And, and then I had to spend 10 grand that I didn't have to expunge my, because I didn't want an arrest record because I wanted to go for a green card. And you have to disclose if you're arrested on any legal document. And so went to an attorney, paid 10 grand. You're allowed to get it expunged one time. And I never planned on getting arrested again. So I used my one time to legally say that I've never been arrested. But Mulligan. Technically, I have. <laughs> so you get one mulligan, yeah. You know, it was $10,000 that was uh, well spent. And so legally, I can say I've never been arrested. But technically, I have. Wow. That one time. And I was almost convicted. It went to the, the day line. that, you know, trial by jury and showed up and he didn't. They left town. They knew that they were they were lost. They were going to lose. We had a lot of evidence at that point. We were collecting a lot of data and uh, we're very lucky. I had This is, again, before the age of Google where you could really search for people easily. She had to go into each each county individually and really, you know, look for the number, look for the case, look for... She spent hours and hours and hours, and I'm very grateful for... Um, I think, Frank, you and I have to bring Karen some flowers, because uh, we wouldn't have had a, <laughs> a coach or teacher if it wasn't for her. Yeah, There wouldn't have been no big, fat real estate that's check for, podcast. That's, that's, that's for damn sure. sure. Yeah, it would have been no Marco uh, teaching anyone anything. Been a really thin unless check. you see two big guys... Uh, yeah, unless, uh, unless Marco was behind behind bars and that was his uh, big fat real estate dudes, big fat, yeah. big fat dudes. <laughs> He'll be in jail in a jumpsuit. Thanks. Yeah, and he never wore orange yeah, on, on air. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Let's let's leave yeah. it that way. Let's definitely That's leave right. it that way. So yeah, so so there you go. Through adversity, we rise, right? And uh, I could have made a decision at that point that I'm never doing real estate again. But it wasn't the real estate that was the problem. I was the problem. I didn't listen to my spouse. I didn't listen to my the advice that was evict right away as soon as someone is late you have to put in the three-day you have to constantly put in that pressure you have to follow the rules follow the boundaries that are necessary to train your tenants or your tenants will really train you and don't go into a property don't do anything that's going to really compromise your safety and let the professionals be the professionals don't try to do something that is really going to compromise anything that is going to harm you in any way so it's not it wasn't to do with real estate that I fucked up. It's my own ego and my own desire to not follow the system and the rules that really put me in, in that position. So I take full responsibility for that. And that's kind of the lesson that I wanted to teach. Not that real estate can be dangerous, but not following the rules can be. And I don't want that for anyone. And at worst, I can serve as a warning to others. I know, Frank, you have you know some horror stories of your own, as do as does Gabe. And you know we all do. And that's kind of part of the growing up process. And... Again, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful for the opportunity to share the story and uh, hope I didn't scare too many people too much, but this is what happened and I'm going to share it with you, good, bad, and ugly, and I've never shared it before and I appreciate you both for uh, prying it out of me and uh, thanks so much. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and again, like it, love it, share it and please give us comments. We're over 900 uh, positive reviews right now, which is phenomenal. We're almost at 1,000. Love to get there as quickly as possible, and uh, we can't do it without your help. And again, thanks so much for listening in, and we look forward to the next episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, where nobody dies. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, 
This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.